You are listening to the Mother Good Podcast, episode number 39. I'm your host, Emily Carney. We at Mother Good believe that there's no way to be a perfect mom, but many ways to be a good one. Our content is judgment-free within the context of evidence-based research. Welcome to another episode of the Mother Good Podcast. Today's guests are Kiki and Martha Rocha, and they both share a very personal and vulnerable story. Martha is Kiki's mother, and as she shares in this episode, had two abortions before having Kiki and choosing to keep Kiki and choosing life. And so she shares the motherhood side of her story and journey to motherhood. And Kiki, on the other hand, shares her perspective perspective as a daughter and someone on the receiving end of knowing that her mother almost aborted her. I don't want to give too many details because that's what's so special and beautiful about this episode is their personal story and journey through their life experiences. But both Kiki and her mother Martha are such beautiful individuals. They have beautiful souls and it was so kind of them to be so vulnerable and come on and share their stories. As a side note to recording this this podcast. I apologize that there were a couple times where my two-year-old Kate came over to me as I was recording and was showing me some play food ice cream that she had made and she dropped it right during the recording. And so you can hear that during the episode. So I was thinking of editing that out, but then I know that we here at Mother Good like to be authentic. So I thought, hey, you know, this is a mom podcast and I'm recording this for mothers. So I'm sure if they hear one spill that my toddler makes during the recording of an episode that it wouldn't be a big deal. Normally I record during nap time or after hours so my husband can watch our daughter, but that didn't happen. So (laughs) because of scheduling, I had to record when my daughter was awake. So she did a pretty good job of entertaining herself. So I can't really fault her for coming over a couple times. Getting back to the subject of the episode, I'm so excited for you to hear the stories of both Kiki and Martha. And as we stated in the past that we here at Mother Good are pro-life because that is choosing motherhood. And we are a motherhood and pro-mom organization. But at the same time, we can mourn with those who have had an abortion in the past, as Martha explains in this episode, because it is is a very difficult and mournful thing to experience. And so Martha has the unique experience of experiencing both aspects of the pro-life story of not choosing life and then later choosing life, even though it was a very difficult decision for her at the time to do as she shares in this episode. So with that, without further ado, here is my conversation with Kiki and Martha. Kiki and Martha, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having us, Emily. Gracias por the invitación. Well, I'm so excited to have you both because I know that you both have such an incredible story. And I thought we could just first start off by both of you just briefly giving uh, a little bio of yourselves, who you are, where you're from, um, what you do for work, those sorts of things. Awesome. Yeah, I can go ahead and start off. Um, So I'm Martha's daughter. (laughs) Um, And uh, so I I started off 
with, you know, ministry work about five years ago, um, working at a pregnancy resource center here in Koreatown, Los Angeles Pregnancy Services. Um, we call it Ground Zero because it's surrounded by nine abortion clinics around a one-mile radius, within a one-mile radius. It's pretty crazy. I was there for about a year and a half, almost two um Thereafter, I went to Maggie's place in Phoenix, and I spent a whole year living with moms and babies, uh, pregnant pregnant moms and parenting moms and their babies, um, like as a, as a living staff, and it was just such a life-changing experience. Following that, I, I did some work with the Culture Project for about two years, speaking on theology of the body, human dignity, human sexuality, and it really was um, such a radical, life-giving year. And right now, I am a, uh, a female strategist for the women's school, so a self-worth strategist, um, helping women restore their hearts, their self-worth, their vision, um, and help them dream God's dream for their life. And my mom is right here next to me. <laughs> she's ready to share a little bit about what she's, what she's doing currently. Yo me dedico a... Soy mamá primero, más que nada. Dios me ha regalado la vida de dos pequeños aquí y otros que tengo en el cielo. Este, me dedico a, a, una, a trabajar para prepara, preparación de impuestos. So, um, so she is a mom, first of all, she said, um, to two here on earth and two in heaven. Um, she loves the Lord and she loves praying and she's been a catechist for a very long time. Um, and she's also a woman who has a heart for other women, um, especially single parent moms. Um, and currently right now she's a tax consultant, so she has her own office here in L.A., so that is, that's it for my mama. <laughs> she's, she's awesome. Perfect. Well, thank you both so much for sharing that. And I know, Kiki, that I've, you know, met you in person a few times at various events. And then, you know, we're friends on social media, too. So I follow everything that you're doing on there as well. And I know that you've shared your story a few times from your perspective. So I'm not sure um, how you wanted to start off by sharing that, if you wanted your mom to start off or you wanted to start off by sharing uh, your story of your, your beautiful life and, and how you came to be. Yes, um, I can go ahead and start off and then my mom can share uh, a little bit of her version of this story. So, yeah, for me, it was unbeknownst to me, this whole story of, of myself being an abortion survivor. Uh, really, I, I grew up, you know... Uh, just a normal child um, in a normal home up until the time that my mom, you know, ended up getting a divorce and then it became a single parent home for a long, long time up until now. Um, but when I reverted to the faith, you know, I, uh, I, I actually, I radically, I radically quit my full-time secular job. I was a fitness trainer, a physical therapy gym. And I was like, the Lord is telling me to quit. So that's what I did. And I had no idea. I remember sitting down with my mom for lunch one day as I was going through these emotions in my heart and looking at her and telling her, you know what? I think I might just become a janitor because all I want to do is just praise God all day. And I can do that seeing myself just like, you know, like sweeping and (laughs) mopping the floors and just singing to the Lord. And she looked at me and she's like, okay, well, I'm not going to make you feel crazy, but that's crazy. Um, But anywho, God then swept me up and he... Uh, invited me to do pro-life work specifically with, you know, ending abortion and helping women, um, helping women who are abortion-minded. 
And it was because of my mentor, Astrid Bennett Gutierrez, who is such a warrior for the pro-life movement, um, who really just mentored me and, and took me into her arms and, and taught me the ropes. But as I entered Los Angeles Pregnancy Services and started working with them, um, my mom always encouraged me that to, to really um, send my flooding, you know, in that calling. And she, she never, she was never second guessing this call that God had put in my heart. And I always was like, wow, like that's pretty awesome. I mean, I took a humongous pay cut. But but I was working double, you know, because the pro-life movement, we just need so many feet in, in hands um, doing that work. And so it wasn't until maybe a year later that uh, she, she she proposed to me that I, like, you know, sit down with her and I listened to my own story and how much she was baffled. I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, yeah, you have a story and uh, this is your story. Like, I, I was pregnant with you. Uh, you were my third pregnancy and... And your biological father, who I don't have a relationship with currently, um, actually was trying to coerce me to abort you. And at the time, actually, I, I have to clarify a little bit. I thought I was a second. I was. I thought I was a second pregnancy. And so um, it was still very astounding to me, uh, very shocking to me that my own biological father, who had lied to me the whole time about my mom, you know, uh, not wanting me and stuff. It's just really unfortunate. Um, but my mom told me the truth, and, and when she told me the truth about my father trying to coerce her uh, in aborting me, you know, at 12 weeks, I, yeah, I just felt a little lost. I, I have to be honest, like, it, it's nothing on my mom, but um, objectively speaking, like, the wound of abortion, I think it has a lot to do with, um, of course, spiritual warfare, but the person who is told, like, you were this close to being aborted, man, like, that really hits home, you know? Like, there is a wound of rejection there that that the Lord is asking you to continuously heal. Because as a baby, like, you you feel everything your mom feels, you know? Like, your mom's pregnancy absolutely um, impacts you in a really big way. Um, I'm sure you know that as a, as a mom yourself, Emily. <laughs> um, yeah, I was going to say that I'm, I'm pregnant right now about five and a half months pregnant so I can attest that you know I can feel everything the baby's doing inside of me and so I can definitely relate to what you're saying about that yeah absolutely and so my mom like like most like most mothers who are abortion vulnerable you know she um she saw she she basically was imposed kind of like this mentality of like this pregnancy is uh, an impediment toward your future, right? She came here from Mexico wanting a better life for herself. She wanted to become a lawyer back in Mexico. So she came here to the United States to uh, fund some money through hard work and then go back to her, to her home uh, country. But that didn't happen because she met my father. So with all that came with the pregnancies, um, my mom, you know, she was taken to the abortion facility, and before she even got into the abortion facility, she, she told me that there was just this surge of courage that, that um, entered into her heart and her whole being, and God, you know, really illumined her mind with infused, like, knowledge and, and let her see, like, this is your child, and, like, your role and job as a mother is to protect and guide and nurture and love, you know, first and foremost, and she, she's always told me that in her, like, her heart of hearts and her, her subconscious, like she knew, but um, after the first abortion, there definitely is a numbing, right? So I, I totally understood her. Um, but she ended up running away, and she just ran the streets of, of downtown LA, um, 
and that this is what she told me she her flip-flops even fell off I think and um she never looked back and she courageously became a single parent um you know before she met her second husband and she was raising me on her own so um I would love my mom to speak a little bit on her own version of the story because it wasn't until a year later after she told me the first time that she opened up even more and she said to me you know there there has been a lot of shame in my heart I I feel like I need to tell you this um that I, I actually had two abortions prior to you it wasn't just one and that's when I really was aware that women live in secrecy and shame and that is of the devil um and that is the the burden of abortion right because it's not the complete freedom that God wants to give them. Um, and I was so proud of her for uh, just coming forth into the light of Christ um, with that wound because uh, because she just opened the door to healing. Um, and so now, God willing, please pray, um, she'll be doing her first Rachel's Vineyard uh, retreat this, this coming summer. Well, we're already in summer, these coming months. Not only if everything goes well, but um, yeah, Emily, that's my version of the story, and she can definitely speak into that a little bit more. Thank you so much for sharing that, Kiki. I know that that's very personal, and I, I can imagine hard and difficult story to share. So I really appreciate it. And yes, Martha, I would love, you know, as much as you're comfortable with sharing, to hear your perspective on having two abortions and then also choosing life after those two initial abortions. Ah, sí, Emily, ah, estoy muy agradecida que nos hayas invitado. Estoy, ah, me siento bendecida porque el Señor eh, me encontró en el camino en donde yo vivía una, una vida muy profunda de gran tristeza y depresión. Pero, pero este, eh, fue cuando yo estaba muy joven, ¿verdad? Que vengo de un lugar, de un hogar muy dolido. She says she's very, she's very grateful that you've given her this platform to speak on her experience. And um, first off, you know, she wants people to know that she, her background, she came from a very hurt and wounded uh, childhood and um, upbringing. So that definitely affected her, um, you know, in her coming as a young woman. Sí, este, el venir de un hogar donde la ausencia de Dios brillaba. Eh, afecta muchísimo en las decisiones de uno cuando va creciendo y afecta en cómo ve uno la vida. So coming from a coming from a home where the absence of God is very much felt, it of course affects someone's outlook on life and um, the way that they carry themselves in their life and the decisions that they make. Y a pesar de que conocí a Dios de pequeña porque estuve por unos años en el coro, me alejé mucho de él por una situación trágica que me pasó y eso me dio una, un giro a mi vida muy grande. I, you know, I did know God a bit um, in my childhood, but um, through a really tragic, um, a really tragic event in my own life, my whole world was turned uh, and spent, you know, upside down. And uh, unfortunately, it has a, it had affected the way that I made decisions. Y cuando te ves envuelta en una vida que te ofrece placeres y estás alejada de Dios, todo lo ves que lo que haces está bien. 
And so when you are wrapped up in a life um, that is hedonistic and basically just seeking pleasure um, and the absence of God is, is very much felt, um, all that you do, you know, and all, all that you decide, you see it all as good um, with, without the lens of God. Porque no hay guianza y porque nunca ha habido un, un fundamento de valores. Pero eh, llegó el día en que Jesucristo me encontró. Eh, había cometido muchos graves errores y uno de los más grandes es el haber eh, tenido abortos cuando ni sabía lo que era en realidad, movida por un, una relación manipuladora. So when there is no guidance in your life, um, you you end up, you know, making certain decisions. And unfortunately, as my life carried on, I decided to have abortions. And it's a very unfortunate choice because, you know, I I fell into a very manipulative relationship, which is what led me to have these abortions. Y creo y comparto que el haber cometido eso fueron las decisiones eh, más dolorosas de mi vida que hasta el día de hoy aunque el señor me ha ayudado muchísimo a sanar aún cargo con ciertas tristezas. So these have been the most painful decisions of my life, and although you know God has been healing me, um, I still carry them in my heart with a lot of sadness. Aunque sé que Jesús me ha sanado, me ha perdonado, eh, para mí el haber tomado la decisión de, de salvar la vida de mi hija ha sido la, la decisión más valiente que he tenido. I know Jesus has carried me through it all, um, and having made the decision, decision of saving my, my daughter Kiki's life has been the best decision of my life. Porque cuando yo decidí eso, yo estaba en una cita en la clínica, yo estaba llevada por el papá de ella hacia la cita y solo en mi cabeza recuerdo que me retumbaba, que no, que no era bien lo que estaba haciendo y que era una vida. So when I was being taken to the to the facility, the abortion facility, um, and the abortion appointment had already been made, and you know, uh, her father at the time was taking me over there. The only thing that I remember that was very clear in my mind was this constant, you know, thought that this was this is a life that I'm carrying in, in, in me. Y recuerdo que él solo me decía, vas a estar bien, no es nada, vas a estar bien porque todos vamos a realizar como hemos planeado, pero no tenía idea de lo que estaba yo viviendo dentro de mi ser. And he kept telling me over and over again, you're going to be fine, you're going to be fine, this is nothing, we're going to be able to reach our dreams, you're going to be fine. And he had no idea what was going on inside me, the agony that I was living inside. Porque es una agonía que uno vive de madre cuando creo que tuve una eliminación de conciencia en ese momento porque confieso que en los anteriores eh, me sentía como una mecánicamente movida hacia lo que hice en, en, en los dos anteriores abortos 
y en esta ocasión con que llevaba a Kiki dentro de mí, que no sabía ni si era niña o niño, pero en ese momento yo sí sentí una eliminación de conciencia muy fuerte que eh, empecé mi corazón a palpitar muy fuerte. So, in, in my past experiences, you know, with the two previous abortions before Kiki's pregnancy, for me it was a very robotic thing. I was just robotically making the decisions and I was basically numb, you know, but with Kiki's pregnancy, there was a difference. It was really Jesus Christ who was giving me that, um, that illumination, like, in my conscience. It just woke up, and I knew that it was a life, and I didn't even know if, if it was a boy or a girl, but I knew that it was a life. Y uh, me dio el valor para que simplemente al bajar del carro empecé a correr. Lo dejé a él ahí y solo empecé a correr, a correr, no sabía dónde, pero sabía que estaba haciendo lo que mi corazón me estaba diciendo, que era salvar a la vida que traía dentro de mí. And as, I, as we got to the clinic, uh, the abortion facility, I got out of the car and I just started running. Uh, I started running and running and running. I didn't even know where I was running and I left him in the car because my heart was telling me that this was the right thing to do. And I was following my conscience at the time. And um, and, that, and that's what happened. I, I ended up not making the abortion appointment. Y gracias a Dios, um, pude decir no a, a, a la muerte, porque el aborto es, es eso, es matar una vida. Eh, nos engañan mucho porque estuve después en, en mi proceso de sanación el señor me, me mostraba que mis anteriores abortos eh, me hacían ver que no era nada era simplemente un un, un bulto de célula so we are often lied to you know because I felt deceived in my past pregnancies um, that we're constantly told pregnancy, you know, and, and they don't say the word baby, but pregnancy is, is a ball of cells, and that's all it is. Um, but it's such a lie, because abortion is murder. And I know that now as, you know, a mother, that it is it is the death penalty that we're giving our babies, and, and I, I realize that that being pregnant means that you have a life within you. Y después mi vida obviamente tuvo un cambio muy grande como madre soltera y aparte los daños empezaron a mostrarse los daños de mis anteriores abortos eh, pude darme cuenta eh, los daños de posaborto que suceden que vivía siempre deprimida no tenía ilusión a veces a la vida intenté suicidarme eh, le, le veía la vida todo lo malo pero no veía la presencia de Dios And people don't know about this oftentimes because women may not speak about it, but I absolutely reaped the effects of uh, post-abortive, post you know, um, depression, post-abortive suicidal thoughts. It was very much alive in my life. And, um, you know, one time I tried to kill myself and I was just, I was just so unhappy. Um, and, and this definitely is so real for women, um, you know, after they have an abortion, But a lot of them live it in secret. Pero entre todo este dolor y todo este sufrimiento y todo eh, el, el pensamiento que a veces Satanás o el enemigo de Dios, mejor dicho, que es el enemigo de nosotros, nos viene y nos quiere hacer recordar que 
hemos hecho algo muy malo y que Dios nunca nos va a perdonar. So we know that the devil, you know, is out there, you know, having women believe that this is the absolute worst thing that you can absolutely do and that God's mercy is not for you, that he's not going to forgive you. Pero un día tan maravilloso que jamás lo voy a olvidar, tuve la experiencia de encontrarme con Jesús. Eh, fue el regalo más grande que he tenido en mi vida, el sentir su amor misericordioso y, y literalmente sentí su abrazo, sentí su, su perdón, sentí su amor, sentí que me decía, te amo mi niña y tiro todos tus pecados al fondo del mar en un retiro que tuve. So one day I actually lived a retreat in which I really felt the Lord's presence and he was literally hugging me and telling me, I forgive you, my little girl, and all that you've committed, I throw it into the ocean of mercy that is my love. Y desde allí este, empecé a, a querer tener una vida nueva, que es la, el principio de conversión, ¿verdad? Que nunca acaba porque todos los días debe de ser una vuelta al Señor y el deseo de ayudar a otras mujeres a que se den cuenta que la vida es un regalo de Dios y que nosotros somos instrumentos de vida, no de muerte. So since then I've dedicated myself to renew my life and help other women as well see um, that we are created to give life and not, not to bring upon that to people that that is our calling as women uh, to be life bearers, but not just in the physical sense, also the spiritual sense. That is my mom's story, Emily. Um, she says she's very blessed to have me and my brother, of course. <laughs> Oh, thank you so much for sharing that, Martha. And I really appreciate it, especially since I know that how difficult it must be to relive all those emotions. I know that you said that you carried you know, the two previous abortions in your heart, and it's it's still sometimes very difficult for you. So I really appreciate you, you know, sharing all of that. And then also, you know, just personally with uh, the relationships that you were in and how they didn't, you know, the, the men in your life didn't treat you very well and how it led you to the decisions that you made. And, and what was interesting when I was listening to your story is that I have, you know, read some studies from, I, th I think it was... I'm, I, actually, I'm kind of blanking. I'm having a pregnancy brain moment of blanking of which institute it is. It <laughs> no wasn't worries. wasn't the Gottman Institute because I know that's a relationship. But I will I will have to Google this. Um, but I did recently read a study how one major reason why many women do choose abortion is that they don't feel supported in you know either their personal life or in society in general that that is a major driver of abortion and so when i was listening to your story it definitely seemed like that that was one of the well the the primary driver and and so how special too to then choose life and be so brave like you were so brave to make that decision and and run and and choose life and listen to your to your gut which you beautifully mentioned was God telling you to choose life. So thank you so much for that. And Kiki too, um, I know that you said that you had a brother. Is he your, your younger brother or? Yeah, so he's my younger brother. Uh, he's such a treasure. Okay. <laughs> he's also very much a miracle. Yes, I was just curious too to get your perspective. Um, you know, obviously you've heard your mother's story before, but just hearing her story and, you know, the emotions that she's gone through and then 
knowing that she then chose life for you and your brother. Uh, how, I guess, how, how does that make you feel? And then also, uh, you know, as I was listening to, I was just thinking of the importance of forgiving yourself and, and being at peace with that. So are, are there any thoughts that you had in general from your mother's perspective and then also from, from the forgiveness aspect as well? Yeah, well, you know, um, abortion is a huge wound and it definitely um, opens up a lot of doors um, to malignant like spirits and whatnot. And some people are not aware of that. <laughs> but, you know, in my life as, as the one who my half had to bear through, through that abortion in a different sense than my mother, you know. Um, I I do think that there had to be a lot of ties with, like, um, just, like, self-worth and, like, rejection that I had to, like, heal through. And, um, and I think that it kind of seeped into my relationship with my mom and, like, how I related to her. There were a lot of, like, motions in my heart sometimes that I felt like, why can't I tell my mom I love you or like why can't I like hug her like I normally do other people like what is impeding me you know and I think through a lot of uh, soul searching and spiritual counsel I realized that it was that wound um and a lot of you know a lot of mothers may not think of it so but it definitely is very much um something that affects the child you know the, the abortion survivor and um, it's not it's not to glorify or give you know the evil one like more glory at all, but I think we stand true in like what is you know, and um, and this one definitely is real. Um, but we know that God's mercy is even more real. And so, in relationship to my brother, he knows a bit about my mom's story. Is not all too informed about you know abortion and whatnot, um, just because he's not there yet, and that's okay. But. He's so loved that he himself is also a miracle, <laughs> born as a premature baby at like five months, three pounds. Um, so both my mom's pregnancies, him and I, um, have been miraculous in, in different ways. Um, and he's very grateful that he has me as a big sister. <laughs> Definitely, yes. And then also just listening to your story as well, as, as you said, it's such a miracle for your mom to be able to have those terrible experiences and then also be able to experience the other side of, of having two beautiful children that she can see as well. So Martha, do you have any thoughts or suggestions for a woman who maybe finds herself in a similar situation to what you found yourself in? Are there any words that you wish you would have been told when you were pregnant the first two times um, to, do you think anything anyone would have told you might have made you change your decision or what do you wish someone would have told you when you were in that position? A mí me hubiera encantado que en ese tiempo, primero, eh, sentir el apoyo de los padres, el sentirse amada y el dejarle saber a las hijas que el amor no no es no es mendigarse sino tiene que saber valorarse que va a haber va a llegar el verdadero amor a su tiempo y a la manera de Dios y que no todos los hombres se acercan con buenas intenciones I would have loved for someone to uphold me that I am loved, seen, and known. And I would have loved the support from both of my children's fathers um, through my pregnancy and, and also my own father. 
um, to have been able to like tell me that I, that I was worthy of being loved. Um, and also, you know, to women that are out there in, in my position, in the position that I was, um, I would love for you to know that we are worthy of being loved and that you don't have to beg for love. Y si por alguna razón llegaran a salir embarazadas, que el mejor regalo que le está dando Dios en ese momento, aunque no es obviamente de la manera que debería de ser, pero es ese, esa vida que traen dentro y que, que le abran las puertas de su corazón, porque la vida trae por sí sola todas las bendiciones y Dios jamás va a abandonar a, a los pequeños, a nuestros, a sus pequeños que somos nosotros. So if for any reason you end up pregnant, know that the, the life that you are bearing inside of you will bring upon blessings in your life and God will not leave you alone. That's mm. it, Emily. Thank that's you. beautiful. Yes, I think that's the most beautiful way to end it. So thank you, Kiki and Martha, so much for sharing both of your stories and perspective. It was so beautiful to hear. And I really appreciate you both being so vulnerable and taking the time to share your stories. Absolutely. It was such a gift. And if people want to follow my story a little bit more, they can follow me on Instagram at Kiki the Brave. Um, and we can, of course, be friends. I love building community. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. All right. I love you. God bless you guys. Thank you.